Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. January 2013, episode 95 of The Skeptic Wire. I am your host, Gary Lawn, and with me this week are Greg Perron. Ahoy, hoy. And back from outer space. Uh, actually, you were in outer space. Donna Swafford. <laughs> Not really, but close enough. But floating. Definitely you weightless. Flo- oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, for listeners who are really confused, why don't you explain that? Um... Well, about two weeks ago, I two was syllables. Actually, <laughs> Sorry. About two weeks ago, I was diagnosed with the flu. Codeine. And so um, I went to the doctor. They they ran the test. They were like, "You have the flu," and Yay! I'm like, "Oh, great! No wonder I feel like shit." So is this something you went into the doctor's? And I found went to out, the doctor because like, I. Uh, well, did you find out then and there, or was yeah, it a couple I'm days like, later? No, I found out then and there because the test only takes about twenty minutes to run. It was like CSI. Only, Only real. Only real. Um, so they sent me home with Tamiflu. <laughs> and zoom in. Went, went back to the doctor a couple of days later, and he goes, you're worse. You have <laughs> flu-induced pneumonia huh. here. Gave me um, Advair, which is an inhaler. Gave me uh, another antibiotic. Um, took me off of the Tamiflu because it obviously wasn't doing shit. <laughs> Yes, it, it's not Tamin pneumonia. Yes. And then they put me on this stuff. It's the greatest shit ever. Because it didn't matter how sick I was. I really just didn't care. It's a decongestant antihistamine cough syrup. So not, not the Z pack. Not, not the Z pack. Uh, that right. was my, um, the Z pack is erythromycin, which is what I got for my. Antibiotic. Okay. See, so, yeah, I, I I've never had the 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 triple threat that you. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever had codeine, but I have had the Z pack, and that's a wonderful thing. And it, so, it works. Drugs, yay! So your doctor really set you up with some kind cough syrup, man. Oh yes, and it wasn't that I, you know, that I wasn't. I was sick. I just really didn't give a shit about how sick I was. I. Well, that's just sick. I get that. That's fine. Yay. Yay. But like I said, I am much Once. better now. Um, I actually went to work today for a little bit. Yay. Came home and took a nap. It's the first time in She's going to have two- to redo all her cuts, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just did paperwork. So. Oh, I, we were ex- expecting your next production out of your next HEB commercial was going to be this hippie induced, like, just psychedelic phase of you know, it's like a razor head with sales no i actually have one for a local <laughs> att- i actually have one for a local attorney that i did while i was sick that looks like a yeah it looks like that and let's just leave it that way it's a david it's, lynch commercial it's it's staying in the, they're never going to see it the vault it'll be something that your company pulls out around christmas just to oh, have a yeah. laugh gotcha yeah, but I like i, I said those. i mean Went in, and I had the flu shot. I am one of the 40% who, despite getting the flu shot, got the flu. Well, maybe it was a strain that wasn't part of the flu shot. All I have to say is, 
this year's flu, that kicks your ass. It literally, I mean, I was out of work for two weeks. That's a, that's a good ad, ad campaign. I think, I think mm-hmm. it should be a PSA, you know, on the flu. flu. It, it kicks, kicks your, your ass. ass. <laughs> Cause I, it's, you know, these people who go, Oh, well, I was a little sick yesterday. It must have been the flu or something. No. No, you want to smack them. And those oh. are the same people who ask for antibiotics when they get the right. flu. Right. Yeah. I mean, I got the antibiotics because I ended up with, with the, the pneumonia. pneumonia. Which but, is bacterial. But. Right. But like I said, this I, I don't wish the flu on anybody. All right. Well, speaking of sick, how about birthdays? Do okay. we have a sick birthday? Kind of. Um, born January 30th. <laughs> it's ill. 1948. It's ill. <laughs> yes, that's got bacteria. I am so street with my birthdays. So, uh, repeat this again. Uh, born January uh, 30th, 1948. I'm not going to give you the name yet. 1948, okay. Um, he began his medical career in a homeopathic hospital in Munich. <laughs> okay, so homeopathic. Dr. Oz? He's the editor-in-chief of two journals. One is called Perfusion. And the other one that is called... That sounds like a new scent by obsession. Exactly. Uh, the other is called... Uh, a new scent for homeopathy. <laughs> we could make shitloads of money by selling homeopathic perfumes. Well, you th- I guess perfusion must be maybe related to homeopathy, I guess. Maybe it's well, one of the concussion, terms they use. You can, yeah, concussion is or when they del- hit it. It's how they call delusion, maybe. Maybe that's diff- just diffusion. shoving that yeah. water, you know, pumping that water into you, perforating you with water. There I don't know. Go. Well, while you're looking up the definition of perfusion, the other journal he edits is Focus on Alternative and Complementary Therapies. Now, I've already given away half the cat in the bag because I've mentioned it's a male. Yeah. So, any guesses? Half the cat in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Schrodinger's cat all chopped up. <laughs> Then wouldn't Schrodinger's cat be dead if it's all chopped up? He he (laughs) qualified as a physician in Germany in 1978. Uh, He has received training in acupuncture, autogenic training, herbalism, homeopathy, So he can treat my car, too. Yes. (laughs) This is is a a German doctor, then. Uh, Still in Germany, or...? Uh, He has since moved to England. England. Oh well, Andrew we, we Wakefield. <laughs> yeah. No, um, he or, or or basically any any of the the um, the British royalty because they're all Germans. Yeah. Well, okay. He he grew up in Germany, <laughs> but in uh, 1993 he left his position in Vienna. I think it was yes. Which isn't in Germany. Well, he was more in the Germanic area. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Vienna is in Austria. Austria. <laughs> A few it's also there. available in your local stores as little bitty sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 1993, he left to set up the Department of Complementary Medicine at the University of Exeter in England. Ah, I should know this name because I... Oh, bugger. He's the first chair of the Lang Chair in Complementary Medicine. Dr. I love Wang. complimentary medicine. It's like, oh, you're sick, but you're going to get better. <laughs> I think it's, it's just think it's, it's just a e. little cold. Sorry, I think it was with an E, not with an I. It's just a little cold. Complimentary, not complimentary. Yes. 
Any clues? Any ideas? No. Is it a name that we should know? Maybe. He did, he did <laughs> co-write okay, just... a book with someone who we have talked about on this podcast before. Dr. Wakefield? Dr. Oz? No. Brzezinski? No. Nope. I don't Okay, then I'm lost. The Dalai Lama. He co-wrote a book with Simon Singh called oh. Trick or Treatment, Alternative Medicine on Trial. Oh, bugger, 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 bugger. I should know this name. You can see the gears starting to turn on Gary's head. Yeah, I should know. I don't know. I don't he has know. since called uh, things like homeopathy, these treatments are biologically implausible, and the clinical tests have shown that they don't do anything at all in human beings. Yeah. His name is Edzard Ernst. Oh, okay. So I, I had the same reaction you did when I first saw like the listing of him and who he was that, you know, trained in homeopathy, complimentary chair, medicine thing. It's like, oh, this is going to be some nutbag. But actually, he's someone who's following the science and is actually testing these things, doing meta-analyses on, on actual alternative therapies because he's one of those people who – to paraphrase tim minchin is trying to figure out what of alternative quote unquote alternative medicine is actual medicine and can be part of the mainstream versus what is total and utter bunk and can be dismissed entirely right so uh to go back to the word perfusion yes perfusion perfusion p-e-r-f-u-i-s-o-n that's right it has f-u right in the middle of it isn't it it's S I O N. What did I say? I S O N. Yes. <laughs> P E R F U Donna S I O N. He kind of jumped off of his F U joke, so he just kind of forgot about spelling and little details like that. Yes. An act or instance of profusing. That helps. <laughs> Specifically, the pumping of a fluid through an organ or tissue. Sounds kind of primate sexy time. Sure. Well, I mean, anyway, you don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some of our listeners do want to hear what my thoughts were saying, but obviously Gary does not. No. I can guess. (laughs) Oh, here's a better one from the medical dictionary. The free dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) If it's medical, it's not free. It's online. It's, me- yeah. Well, it's medical-dictionary.com. Define already, Gary! Thefreedictionary.com <laughs> slash perfusion. Perfusion. <laughs> P-E-R-F-U-S-I-O-N. <laughs> the act of pouring over or through, especially the passage of a fluid through the vessels of a specific organ. There you go. Yeah, still primate sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, now we know. We've yeah. learned a new word. So I will leave uh, the segment on birthdays about Edzard Ernst with a uh, a quote. I think uh, I'm not sure if th- this was um, an article about should we maintain an open mind about homeopathy that was published in the American Journal of Medicine. And one of the quotes is not to steal from the big uh, podcasts that does quotes at the end of their show. We're going to do it at the beginning, so we're different. Should I do it in a southern accent? Yeah, of course. Okay. Go right ahead. Yeah, let's piss people off. The true skeptic, therefore, <laughs> takes pride in closed-mindedness when presented with absurd assertions. Assertions. 
Perfusion. P-E-R-F-U-S-I-O-N. The true skeptic, therefore, takes pride in closed-mindedness when presented with absurd assertions that contravene the laws of thermodynamics or deny progress in all branches of physics, chemistry, physiology, and medicine. And medicine. <laughs> the free dictionary. <laughs> so, yes, it's it's one of those things where it, it's... I, I, it's good to have people like this who are actually quote unquote trained in whatever field. Yeah, who quote, who said going, that? Edzard Ernst. Okay. That um, <laughs> not, uh, no. not not Edzard Izzard. No, not Eddie Izzard. Okay. No. <laughs> but what I was saying was, it's good to have people who are trained in these these actual fields to be the ones who debunk them. It's kind of like someone who grew up as a Catholic saying, this is why you should be an atheist, or hmm. someone who grew up as a ghost hunter said, this is why it's bunk. Or, or that conservative guy who was against global warming, who after all of these studies finally came out and he did the, the work and said, oh yeah, maybe it is real. Well, you know what? I just actually had one of those experiences this week. I've got a, a friend online, her name is Colleen. And I hope she's listening to this because I know she kind of listens off and on. You better listen to us, Colleen. Gary, Gary, Gary. But she was posting the other day about how, I guess about a year ago, she was very extremely anti-vax. Very extremely anti-vax. Yes. And she was like, you know what? I've changed my mind. You know, you... All of you guys who talk about the benefits of vaccines and have backed up all of your statements and everything else, she goes, I see where I was wrong. And she was like giving us insight into why anti-vaxxers think the way they do. And I'm all like, I'm still stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Harper's all worked up by talking about anti-vaxxers. Are you sure? Sure it wasn't the term perfusion. So we all know that uh, heartthrob actor Ashton Kutcher is... We all know that. We all know that he's a heartthrob? I don't think so. Or an actor, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. I still question the whole actor <laughs> thing. Okay, we all know that that guy, Ashton Kutcher, from The Seventy Show and uh, t- Two and a Half uh, Men... And famously married to... Angelina Jolie. What? Really? No. Demi Moore. Demi Moore? Demi yeah, Moore. and he cheated on her. Okay. Yes, that guy. Okay, well, so that guy. It, we all know that guy. guy. Ashton Kutcher recently premiered a movie about Steve Jobs, and it's called Jobs. Hopefully that doesn't get <laughs> turned into like a sexy title or something. Well, it could be a Christian film. Okay, then. <laughs> Jobs. And Jobs 1 through 40. Perfusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. No, it's not. I'm just just proving the point that a joke told many times becomes funny, becomes unfunny, and then becomes funny again. I get you. It's not even a joke. (laughs) So in addition to knowing about uh, Mr. Ashton Kutcher, we also know Steve Jobs died last year. uh, No, two years ago, in the end of 2011. I wouldn't know. I don't follow Apple. Okay, Donna might know. <laughs> he died due to complications from pancreatic cancer. Exactly. So, And he went to a woo doctor near the end. Yes. I thought it was actually towards the beginning. He he, he did oh. a lot of woo kind of... We know at least once he went, went to, to a woo, woo doctor. <laughs> yes. At woo. some point during his treatment for pancreatic cancer, he saw woo doctors. Yes. 
So I saw one of the, the things wound that... after he told me what to do. Boom, boom, boom. You're dead. Perfusion. <laughs> that sounds like a perfume. <laughs> We've been having a perfusion of witticisms and stops this time around. You know, your husband is quite the philodendron. If you can, <laughs> if what do you, you mean can, by that? If you can name the movie that's from, um, I don't know. No, nope. we'll mention Sorry. your name. One of the things Mr. Kutcher did to prepare for his role of playing Steve Jobs, besides growing like a little douchey beard, was to and wearing turtlenecks. Yes, was to adopt the fruit-only diet that Steve Jobs adhered to also known as fruitarianism. So he's only allowed to eat food made by gay people? God, Gary. (laughs) Wow. Not quite. Oh, man. No, not quite. That's only getting to cut out. Um, Fruitarianism (laughs) is actually where they don't pick the fruit. The fruit has to fall naturally from the tree. Oh, really? It has to be given up naturally. Well, that's that's the, like... Completely and utterly orthodox version of fruitarianism. <laughs> orthodox. The category that is fruitarianism applies to fruits um, of various kinds, either they're sweet or the acidy or whatever. Nuts, seeds, and of course dried fruits are okay. But that's it. No grains, No, definitely no animal flesh, no leafy vegetables or anything like that. So no. Well, that's just inane. Yes. Because uh, fruits are tend to be high in sugar. So how is that supposed to be a fucking diet? Exactly. So that's... Well, a lot of the times it's not necessarily for, quote-unquote, diet for losing weight. It's a diet as in a lifestyle. Oh. Yeah, like no, vegetarianism still... is yeah, not but... necessarily always about losing weight. True. Uh, but vegetarianism isn't all about eating vegetables. It's eating about not meat. Yes. So they will eat fruits. And, and so there's a wide range of choices to overcome the nutritional deficits that you will have when you go into uh, uh, vegetarianism or veganism, actually, specifically. Well, let, let me put it this way. Donna touched a little bit on it, talking about how <laughs> some of these fruitarianisms is there's fruitarianisms. <laughs> Fruitarianists? Yes. Are, will go to the extreme of saying they won't actually harvest anything. They'll only eat anything that falls off the tree on its own. A, a lot of every single page that I went to to look into fruitarianism, one of the things they mentioned is reasons people give for being a fruitarianism, uh, fruitarianist. It's hard to say. Why should people do that? It's hard to say. Just call them a fruit. Yes. <laughs> These fruit-eating nutbags. There we go. Much easier. One of Rolls the reasons, off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> one of the reasons... Well, they also eat nuts, so it's okay to say. They're nutbags. Oh, oh, they do eat nuts. Yes. That's not a fruit. That's a legume. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, it's a nut, isn't one it? Of the, one of the Depends. reasons Peanuts often... Peanuts are a legume, but yeah. like most nuts are not. Yeah. So, okay. Cashews. Hmm. One of the reasons uh, that gets listed on all bunch of these pages, the Wikipedia article or over at diet.com, that some people give for being a fruitarianist is because Adam and Eve probably only ate fruit. Well, that, okay. 
Yeah, it's it's that's, it's that's very, well that's well mentioned in Genesis, I'm sure. It's somewhere it, there. There's fruit of knowledge. Uh, fruit yeah. of the tree of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. So, which may not be a fruit. It's just a type of thing that grew on the tree. Which it's. I'll shut up. Well, exactly. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It wasn't an apple, necessarily. It seems that all the reasons, quote-unquote, given to be a fruit-eating nutbag is to um, is are, are all kind of social. The, I don't want to kill anything ethos, like of uh, Jane's, is it? J-I-A-N? Yeah, Jane's. Um, the, the kind of, it's an Indian religion. It's also a religion from Firefly. Oh, okay. Jainism. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, that's J-A-Y-N-E. Oh, I didn't hear the Y in your pronunciation, silly me. Perfume. Well, that's why I spelled it, J-I-A-N. Um, they, oh. don't, they don't want to harm or kill anything, so that's why be, eating vegetables would be bad for them, because even that is killing something. And fruit isn't? You're only eating the... Oh, it's the, already dead. Yeah, you're you're just eating. So the you can fruit eat vegetables flesh. as long as they're nasty and disgusting, and they can't be eaten anymore they, because they, they're sour those, and horrible. Those people go to the extreme of not eating seeds because seeds could potentially be life. And how long is the it's these like people a usually abortion. live? <laughs> okay. So speaking of being sick, um, unfortunately, there's no known. Good, I, there's there's no scientific basis to doing it because, like Gary no. said, because it's high it's in insane. sugar and it's very low in a lot of the vitamins and minerals you need. Let alone like the basic protein stuff that maybe you can get some from nuts. some seeds and nuts, but not a lot. Not everything you really need. But if you're eating an apple, say that falls off a tree, it may have some like little beasties inside of it that cause it to fall off the tree. Maybe. <laughs> But a lot of these people suffer from basically vitamin deficiencies, especially think. things like B12 that you can only get from like chlorophyll, and chlorophyll sp- type yeah. plants. So, Wait, um, is that vitamin D? Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I the the <laughs> readings I found with B12 was more that it's it's produced by D. bacteria. Yeah, I'm thinking of D, not B12. Um, and vitamin D is also kind of like a you get it by sun tanning. Right. Anyway, right. but there, it's it's not good because you're not getting everything you need to live. Right. So it's there's not a lot of science behind it. It's all ideological, and you even get it to the point where um, there was some story about I think it was in England, a woman was um, found guilty of um, either neglect or child abuse or something because their child died because her breast milk was not nutri- nutritional enough to sustain the kid. Because she was doing fruit-eating nutbag diet, and and basically was found guilty of, I guess, involuntary child abuse, uh, yeah. child abuse manslaughter, whatever you want I mean, to call yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. the kid died. Yeah. So, um, when Ashton Kutcher tried tried doing this diet, now I don't know if he just did it badly and only ate apples every day, <laughs> thinking the apple a day keeps the doctor away kind of thing, but um, the. Uh, like a day before filming, he was landed in the hospital, doubled over in pain because he felt like horrible. And apparently they tested him, found out his pancreas was completely out of whack because. <laughs> Which is kind of a funny phrase. <laughs> so. And and just he was he was in a bad shape. So it's one of those things where um, 
there there's there's reasons you can give for being a vegetarian and that you can follow that diet if you're careful about it and you're rigorous about making sure you get all the vitamins and minerals you need and the proteins and all that but you have to follow the science and mm. it and there's no science behind behind fruitarianists right and vitamin D is not really available in your local vegetables no, not so much. So, so you, go back you get, and you get a lot of these there. fruit eating nutbags who get into trouble because, okay, you can possibly do a fruit only diet if you take a lot of supplements because you would have to eat a whole lot of fruit to make up the density that either vegetables or meat has in nutrition. Right. Um, but a lot of these people, because of the ethical reasons why they're not eating anything besides fruit, they're also not willing to take vitamins and pills. I was going to say also, having too much vitamin C can lead to serious health problems. Um, too much vitamin A can. Vitamin C, though, that's that's whenever you get sick, you get the cold, everyone say take vitamin C. You can't take enough vitamin C. There's 1,200 milligram tablets. Well, that's 1.2 grams. If everybody else perfused off a bridge, would you? I have to think about it. who's who's going. Apparently Steve Jobs. <laughs> no, apparently Ashton Kutcher. Yes. So I don't I don't no. know if he's Ashton Kutcher is Steve Jobs in Jobs. Job. Dun dun dun. Can't wait for the porn to come out of that. I'm, I'm guessing he's not <laughs> on this diet anymore. It was more of a there method. you think. <laughs> it was probably more of a method acting thing to kind of get into the head of Steve Jobs and and all that kind of stuff and. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I don't think he's a method actor. He was probably trying to, I mean, he made dude, where's your car or where's our cars. So he's not that great of an actor. I think it's but, my car. Well, whatever. I never saw it, but <laughs> he, he, he's probably trying to be all respectable and stuff. Uh-huh. Megadoses of vitamin C can actually cause kidney stones. Yeah. So go. eat other stuff besides just fruit and be healthy. Yeah, so we eat, eat a wide range of foods. Is yeah. That's what life is about, though. I mean, if you... I can't imagine being so constricted on a diet. I can't, because there are so many delicious foods out there. I but one, I'm a foodie. one word for you. Bacon. Bacon is awesome. I had some bacon. But you can eat too much bacon. Yeah, that's true. Everything in moderation. That's yeah. something we've said... Many, 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 many times when we've talked about diets. Yes. So eat something besides fruit. Otherwise, you may not survive the dog days of summer. Oh, how clever. (laughs) (laughs) Do dogs eat bacon? Actually, dogs definitely love bacon. Dogs love bacon. They can't cook it. And they're bacon. It's bacon. I wonder if they knew about bacon back in, in... Paleo days, the paleo diet days. 10,000 years ago. Probably not, because a lot of the reasons pigs. why pigs were too expensive to upkeep. Yeah, well, they eat the same foods as humans. But the whole like the whole reason, if you Allegedly. look into... Uh, and humans. <laughs> Jillian Seward's work into um, like looking about why Jews don't have pork products. Right. It was that simply it was an economic thing of back in the day... It was too expensive to keep up. Oh well, yeah, because they, they would farms. eat they would eat the same 
I think it's in um, uh, Holy Cow, Abominable Pig is the name of the book where, where I read it. And it was basically you, you had a choice in a desert environment or a place where food is hard to come by uh, to keep pigs. You would be feeding them the grains that you could be feeding to a human, and they what? eat as much, if not more, than than the humans normally eat. So, um, so they decided so that's why... the, the simplest way was to ban it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But Makes then the other the other side of that is like with Hindus with elephants about why cows were or actually why cows were so venerated was because they could do so much more work hmm. than what it costs to feed and keep them. You could use them for plowing. You could use them for a lot of other things. And that's why cows became venerated in their society. Sure, but you can still venerate them by eating them when they're done with their usefulness. Sorry, vegans and vegetarians. (laughs) They're tasty. Yes. (laughs) Just a little side anthropology lesson. And that's awesome. What's also awesome is that they recently, uh, some scientists out of uh, Uppsala University in Sweden uh, did a genetic analysis on 50 breeds of modern dogs and also 12 wolves taken from across the globe in like Russia, United States, all over the place. They did a genetic analysis of all those and said, okay, on basically... 12 individual wolves or 12 types of wolf? Um... Let's see. 50 types of dogs or 50 dogs? What the articles I have say 12 wolves. Okay. We'll just, we'll just say individual. Fine. So they, they use this to kind of get a representative sample. So they didn't just take like 12 gray wolves. Right. They took different wolf assuming, species assuming across that, the globe. Assuming that their uh, genetic makeup will be similar to everybody else in that group. That's Probably. Fine. Or more pretty similar to each yeah. other. And also compare the different types of wolves and different breeds of dogs, because it was everything from, like, schnauzers to pit bulls or whatever. Right. Um, to compare all these various breeds against each other to say, all right, on average, what are the big differences on them? And they detected by comparing that there was about 36 different regions that differed in general between dogs and wolves. And two of those kind of split mostly into... Um, Sorry, let me go back on that. Most of those differences in in the genes between dogs and wolves fell into two different categories. One was brain development, and the other one was the ability to metabolize starch. So Hmm. where wolves have one or two gene regions that code for a protein that can develop, that can metabolize starch, or we'll put a, a, a protein in your saliva to metabolize starch or whatever, um, though it's mostly in the gut with wolves and dogs, which is why they wolf down food and don't chew on it. They don't enjoy the taste. Anyway. I don't believe that. I think they're just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Although, although in, in the case of like Callie and Misi, um, there is a difference in bo- the way both of them eat uh, from the bowls and treats. For example, uh, Misi was a stray, and so she uh, wolfs down her meal, whereas Callie will eat her bowl kind of throughout the day. But when you give them a treat, Misi will enjoy that treat over a period of a longer period of time than Callie, who right. will who who's been raised from a puppy by me, and she's 
she'll she'll snarf that down really quick and then go and stare at Macy while she eats. Well, her. I was kind of paraphrasing what I had read in one of the articles, saying that dogs and wolves don't produce any starch um, metabolizing enzymes in our saliva, but humans do. Right. That's and that's part of the reason why they were saying that's kind of co-evolved with the fact that we chew our stuff more than say dogs do. Oh, okay, that makes mm. sense. Where dogs kind of chew, chew, swallow, chew, chew, swallow. Right. Even if they are chewing something. Where okay. we kind of chew, 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 enjoy, enjoy the taste, and then swallow. Yeah, well, dogs don't uh, have doctors telling I, them to chew anyway, a hundred times. I will make an argument against that, but... Well, <laughs> it was just one article. I don't know if this actually came from the scientists, so we're going to move on. Okay. We'll um, ignore that point <laughs> of contention. So it turns out that Whatever. dogs have additional duplications of those same starch-producing genes or starch metabolizing genes, either ones that break down the big carbohydrates into smaller pieces or change them into sugars or absorb the the products of starch metabolism mm. in the intestines. This is probably why they like French fries so much. Yes, probably. So having looked at this and, you know, they they said, well, we can understand why there's brain development differences because dogs were... Um, Domesticated. Thank you. Dogs were domesticated to be more docile and be around <clears throat> humans. So there's going to be a brain difference between dogs right. and, and they have wolves. A, they have a, you know, roles. That was, that was the thing I was yeah. going to say. Is they, they have different roles in life. Yes. So their brains are wired differently to sure. be more docile and be more friendly and social that way. Or at least social with humans or tolerate human presence. Right. Because even strays, you can tr you can train them stray dogs back into being social, right. if you take the time. So they Macy is a prime example. <clears throat> yeah. They looked at um, these differences, and their assumption was, based on these gene differences, is that it wasn't just that humans went out and grabbed the tamest wolves and made them into guard dogs or hunting dogs, and then they eventually became more docile. The hypothesis is that the dog, the wolves that were more, the wolves that were better able to metabolize starches, started hanging around human settlements around the dawn of agriculture, because mm. we were tossing stuff over the fence to say, well, we don't need this, we we use this, we had little trash piles. So the dogs that could eat that started hanging around that and took over that evolutionary niche of our trash, and because they were around us more often, the ones that were a, more willing to eat our leftover food, which was mostly grains and starches and stuff, and were more docile and willing to be more human tolerant. Those are the ones who developed into dogs, and hmm. thus was born the Westminster Dog Show. So, so basically dogs, they're saying, are just cute rats. Sure. <laughs> Well, they also uh, – some of these articles went into things like um, the the domesticated versions of animals tend to be more developmentally arrested, like they're kind of puppets, puppies for life rather than – you know, because – so it's it's one of those things where the, the dogs that were more friendly that way and, and didn't develop into the adult aggression and non-trust because puppies want to play and they trust everybody and they have fun – but the wolves that kept their non-trust of humans as they developed into adults 
Donna doesn't look like she believes me. No, I'm I'm <laughs> following you. No, I I agree with you that we humans humans and dogs have interacted for thousands and thousands of years. Um, I don't think that we can make a definitive statement of, you know, oh, because we were tossing, you know, our biscuits over the back <laughs> wall of our settlement, that that's why we suddenly became dog lovers. I, I, I think that's yeah. a, a huge jump on a presupposition on somebody's part. Every, every article I, I read about sure. this said that this was not going to um, finish that it was not going to answer the debate on how dogs evolved because yeah. this really I hypothesized kind of a self domestication by dogs. They wanted to hang around us because we had the food and the ones that were more docile were willing to be around us. So kind of kind of like people say cats domesticated themselves because the rats wanted to get to our food, so the cats wanted to hang around where the rats were, so they were more tolerant of human well, beings. Well, humans, humans have been known for their, and I, I'm using the term domestication in a general sense, of more docile creatures throughout history. I mean, look, look at, at what we've done with, exactly, look at what we've done with the cow. Exactly. That is a prime example. We have A prime rib example. We have bred out every aggressive tendency we've, out of... We've even bred out their ability to have babies on their own. Like I said, it's. I think this is going to be a question that will never be completely answered. But there is definitely this I, I think, symbiotic relationship between right. man and dog. Sure. And cat and all of the, all of the, the things that we uh, have around us now. But my guess is this adds a, a small component on why they would hang around rather than just saying, oh, those humans, they, they, may, they can catch the big beast with the, uh, with the meat. That, and we like the meat, so we're going to hang around and see if we can get something from them. Right. Right. And so it, it, would, it would make sense that a wolf pack would follow a human pack. Mm-hmm. Right. Or vice versa, a human pack would follow the wolf pack because the wolf would be able to... F- find right. where they're at. And so. I was going to say, it, when you look at remains of, of food, you know, going back millions of years, you can see human teeth marks on top of large cat teeth marks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we were scavenging off of cats long before dogs ever came into the picture. This this kind of hypothesis seems to assume that the only thing we fed early dogs was grains. As if we didn't attract the dogs that want to be around us with meat as well. Yeah. Well, and, and they, scraps and bone and yeah. Yeah. Um, damn, I forget. But <clears throat> it, it may have been just that the dogs, the wolves that were more willing to hang around us, um, the ones that we kind of trapped in a pen to say, "Well, we're going to try to keep this as a guard dog or something." Of among that population, the ones that could digest. Not just meat, but also starches. Those are the ones who happen to survive. So the domestication may have happened first, and then the ones uh, there was a selective breeding for ones that could eat anything we gave them. So there's kind of a well, which there's there's no indication on this genetic analysis. I think they just of, hung around. They ate too many starts. They got fat and they bred, and the those grew up in the presence of humans and found out that the humans weren't all that bad. Yeah. It's it, there, there's no it's kind of chicken and the egg here where how do you know what really happened first but starch eating and mental changes seem to be what categorize 
dogs versus wolves. Wolfies. Yeah. Which is awesome. Sure. Because that means that dogs weren't attacking and killing us, or eating us. Not or, necessarily. Or, 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 <laughs> or, or, or attacking and killing our domestic animals that we may have let run free, or perhaps things like chickens that we had in our yard, or other birds that we might have around. Oh, yeah, like doves, maybe. Like doves! Dove bars. I love dove bars. Or seagulls. Bars? Yeah, it appears... That the Pope uh, released a dove. He, he perfused a dove into, <laughs> into the, the air. Yes. <laughs> Which makes no sense considering what the definition of perfuse is. Quite you. Just yeah. keep talking. And doves are generally used as ceremonial symbols of peace, of course. Usually mm-hmm. after a prayer or whatever. Or a wedding. Or a wedding. So you, you release the dove and it goes... Flying away, and everyone goes flutter, ah. flutter, flutter, flutter. No, everyone doesn't go flutter, flutter. No, well, it goes flutter, flutter, and people go ah. Right. That I was exactly. setting the the general scene, not just the people scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be. So weird. you're the people, and I'm the dove, and I'm going flutter, 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 and you're going. Actually, you know, I don't even think it flutters. It goes flap. Flutter, flap, flutter, flap, flutter, flap. You're confusing butterflies. Um. So he releases a dove, and almost immediately, the Pope, yes, the Pope, Pope mm-hmm. Benedict the 98th, or whatever it is. Uh, 16th. 16th. Pope, Pope Humberdink. Yes. Best Prince. Pope <laughs> Razi Nazi. Yes. <laughs> and so he released the dove. The dove flew away and was immediately attacked by a seagull. Caw, caw! <laughs> exactly. Um... Which sucks to be the dove, but the dove escaped using its fantastic outmaneuvering skills of the mine. So apparently, Seagull. doves are stronger fighters than their than we thought. Yes, than, their, than when we their pictured public image suggests. Well, I mean, yeah, they they've been stereotyped into being lovey dovey things, but really, they're just they're birds. They're, 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 they're just very lovely colored pigeons. They may not be no. evil killing machines, but they can defend themselves in a fight. Kind sure. of like Donna. Well, it did run away, though. Yeah. And Donna would just kill you and make it look like a budding accident. So there's a difference yeah. between Donna That's and true. a dove. How do you know that the dove could not make it look like a boating accident? No, the seagull could. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seagull definitely. <laughs> that I will wholeheartedly agree on. However, on, on the, the short article... Uh, which was kind of a snarky little write-up about the whole thing. And there's a longer article I think you posted on, on our main page. But uh, the last two sentences just made me laugh. And I wish I knew who wrote this to, to give this person kudos. But he, this person wrote, quote, and I'm not going to do it in a southern accent. Oh, okay. <clears throat> or not any more than mine. It says, quote, Doves are a ceremonial symbol used to mark the end of prayers and reflect the tranquility of the Christian faith. Seagulls are stomachs with wings that poop everywhere and can easily ruin beach picnics. End quote. Um, I kind of have to agree with that last sentence. Yes. It just made me laugh. And of course, as we know, they go, mine? Yes. Mine? 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 Okay. So we've now proven that everyone at this table has seen Finding Nemo. Yes. Yes. Yay! 
So that was the funny thing about so, that. But speak about poor, poor Catholics. Yes, they're so picked upon. Speaking yes. of Catholicism, and they might be more poor Catholics if they lose lawsuits. Yes. Yeah, not but, at the rate they're going. Yeah, they they've kind of um, jumped ship. They're almost jumping the shark. In fact. They're just you know, no, you no, know. no. It's no, just they're being use- hypocrites. Yeah, okay. they're using. They basically traded their their ideology for the law. Yeah, so apparently you know, money sells. Yeah, why don't we let money Gary sells? explain the situation, and then we can basically bash on the Catholics some more. A a husband of a woman who died in childbirth with, I think, twins? Yes, twins. Um, at a Catholic hospital. is suing the Catholic Church. <clears throat> the Catholic Church is fighting back and, and saying that, well, no, a fetus is not a person. So he, he, <laughs> yeah. basically he cannot sue for death benefits for the twins. For the twins. Because... In the eyes of the law, a fetus is not a person, but according to the Catholic Church, as soon as a sperm meets an egg, uh, da, 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 it's a person with fully formed thought. And soul. and Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Life begins at conception, Deception. and we shall not do anything to oppose such thought. So they traded their ideology for the law when the law suits them. Yep, right. Now I've heard something like uh, the Catholic diocese or whatever is is now that this has become a public shitstorm is going to go back and and reconsider their defense on this. But I think they showed their colors, their true colors. Oh sure, when money's on the line, they'll do pretty much anything, which is why they've hidden all of the scandals uh, because they could be sued for the pedophilia scandals. Um, no, money is uh, more they... important to them than basically the their. Basic uh, human de- decency. Yeah, the people who who are their flock, based yeah. yeah. On on a on a large level, there are of course. I, I hate I hate yeah. doing those broad brushes. The, the organization <laughs> the is organization. fucking sucks. The organization itself is being contradictory to their own ideology. Now, within the organization, there are small churches. There are large churches. There are People out there doing good works, who are helping the poor, who are helping the sick, who are doing good works. Unfortunately, they're not getting the press because it's, you know, sorry, fucking blood-sucking attorneys like (laughs) these guys who get all the news and everything else. Because if it bleeds, it leads. You you have nuns who are out there who are not beating up children with rulers in schools. Or letting people die in yeah. their little healthcare facilities. You have priests who are not fucking little boys. And you have, you know, Catholic hospitals or nuns or whatever who are saying sometimes abortion is necessary and it's a moral good. And they're kind of trying to fight within the system. Yeah. But it's... it's they, they don't really have a moral leg to stand on when... Their organization as a whole is willing to sacrifice not just values that maybe other people will disagree with, like abortion, but truth and honesty and being decent people, like with the child fucking scandals. That- or, or my personal favorite lately, the gay meth priest. <laughs> Do you hear about this guy? The gay there's, meth. Basically, priest. there's this guy, and he would have Isn't like that these. Ted Haggard. 
<laughs> oh, basically, with another guy. <laughs> no, he would have like he was selling meth out of the rectory, was having huge gay sex parties in the rectory, and this went on for years before he was finally basically kind of let go and kind of like you go your way, we'll kind of stay over here and shame for all those people who needed to find the find out where the parties were. Yeah. <laughs> And and to be clear, we don't have problems with big gay parties. Oh no! It's that this guy's a hypocrite. Bigger the gayer the party, the better. You know. It's it's the Catholics who are saying that the gays are bad out of one mouth, and then you you have people who are actually living their their honest private lives, while saying that homosexuals are bad, or you get priests saying that you know abortions is horrible, but. They, but they, they pay for up, an abortion yeah, when, they when one it's of their convenient and stuff like that. And. Yeah. So, uh, way to go, Catholic Church! Yay, you're really showing your true colors um, on on the large scale. But speaking, well, we were hopefully just talking your doves about, won't get attacked again. <laughs> yeah. Get all our doves in a kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. Is, is that the plural noun of doves? A kerfuffle. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, not really of doves. It's probably, you know, it's it's probably some, something crows. sickening, like like a piece of doves, or <laughs> get a piece of doves. <laughs> I'm looking it up because furiously googling doves. The plural of doves is do- no, but no, there's, no, there's, a group, there's a group name, group. like a murder of crows, because obviously the plural of crow is crows, right? And like a Sagan of skeptics. Is that what is that what was decided on? I, don't um, think it was. I mean, people throw that around. It's yeah. either a duel or a flight. A flight of doves. That makes sense. Just like you can go down. You wouldn't know this, Greg, but you can go down to some of the local breweries and get a flight of beer, which is all different types of beer. Mm, I know of that I kind know. of sa- beer sampling thing, you know. and I know I've heard them referred to as flights, yeah. but. It's not something that I have ingrained in my skull because I'm not obsessed over alcohol. Well, neither are we. We just enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> and we like to know where you can go get five glasses of beer for a reasonable price. I see. See, it's not it's not, it's not all about the alco- alcohol. It's also about it's all the... about the alcohol. <laughs> exactly. It's all, it's all... Do you know that a pair... <laughs> okay, this is just... A you side note, since we're on the, up on, your floor. on the plurals of... Apparently, I, sorry, geese, if they are on the ground or in flight, they're a skein, but if they're in a V formation, they're a wedge, and if they're on the water, they're a gaggle. Okay, that makes sense. I knew about the wedge. And I knew just, gaggle. But I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that... Sorry, I didn't realize that geese in the water was a gaggle. I just thought a gaggle of geese was just yeah. a group of geese. Interesting. That was based on different contexts. You would call them different things. Yes. Yeah. It's very context. So, so like a whole bunch of skeptics in like a convention hall are a, a Sagan of skeptics, but all the skeptics at the bar are a Hitchens of skeptics. Could be. Could oh. be a drunk of skeptics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an entire inebriation of skeptics over there. <laughs> <laughs> A profusion of skeptics. There we go. Now there's, there's. I like that. So, a profusion. Profusion. P e r f u s i o n. We put the fuck you in profusion. That's right. Speaking about gays. Uh, <laughs> that was a very artful transition. Um, 
So straight man and more homosexual than homosexual. Am I reading that right? No, you're not no. reading that right. Oh. Apparently, if, if we were talking about conservative pastors, yes, you would be, okay. you would be correct. <laughs> but we're not. So um, published in the journal Psychosomatic Medicine, of course, um, some researchers at the University of Montreal um, did a study of gay, bisexuals, uh, men, women, lesbians in the Montreal area. And they, okay. Do I need to rephrase that to make no, more no. sense? No, it made sense. But I mean, they they did a survey of the LGBT community, so not specifically just homosexuals. Um, they, it was it was basically by bi, homosexuals, bisexuals. They omitted trans people because they thought that if a trans person was taking right. hormones, it might mess up their biological sure. samples. Okay. All right. They gave them a whole bunch of different surveys about um, their their life, their friends, and, and, and their anxiety levels, various different kind of standard psychological surveys to assess those things without being obvious of what they're trying to assess. Hmm. They also took some physical markers like body mass index and um, uh, blood samples to see if they had, uh, was it cortisone levels? I think cortisol. It's cortisol, which are stress levels, that sort of thing. And having looked at all this information, they concluded that um, openly gay men were less likely to be depressed than heterosexuals. And how large was was this study? That's the thing. It's one of those things where you got this study, which is very interesting, where they're studying how openly how openness is is that more healthy or more detrimental to the community. Mm. Which you say, well, yes, it's a good, healthy thing to be out there and less anxious if you're open and honest about yourself and you've gotten through, the, you've gotten over that hump, pardon the expression, um, to to actually be out. Well, hump as in sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't until you made it so. Make so it so. They got over that glory hole of. <laughs> A glory hole of gay men. That's the pearl noun. Um, I don't think that's it. No. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm not saying anything. So having got past the hurdle of having to come out to people and not hiding anymore. Oh, is that what they're calling it these days? Is <laughs> supposed to be less stressful. You've gotten you. You don't have that weight on your shoulders anymore, which is something that people who are gay-friendly want to agree with and say, yeah, it makes sense to me. And, huh, if you're out about yourself and you're part of a community, uh, you're more likely to be less stressed, and that's good. But the study was only 87 people yeah. in Montreal, right. where they're very they're liberal. It's a, metro, it's a big city, so you're more likely to be okay if you're gay than, say, rural Texas, right. something like that. And it's, you know, Canada is very liberal place anyway compared to... I think to it's Canada. Canada, yes. Canada is a lot more liberal than a lot of other places. Canada stand? It's not like, they, yeah, it's not like they were um, studying gay people in Afghanistan. Or Uganda. <laughs> or, yeah, Uganda, where they want to kill them all. Kill them all. That's horrible. I don't know. Why do you have to repeat that? <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just getting a little silly and punchy. <clears throat> no anyway. shit. So, but so presume- they only studied 90 people, and they're making broad stroke 
assumptions about all gay people when they yeah. only studied this self-selected group of people who were willing to be involved in a study. Right. right. And presumably half of those people were not gay, so really it's only 45 people. Well, it's, it's weird. Then, it's, it, it, they didn't really say how big the control group was uh, because it seemed like they took these 87 people and compared them against kind of the average population or something like that. So... It's really weird. Yeah, because because the other thing is... So it, e- either it's really bad in that they didn't have a control group in the first place, uh, or the control group that they had meant that their numbers were even smaller. Right. And then, it, did they say that they tried to control for economic status? Not really. I'm not in the articles that I, right. I was able to okay. read. Um, they, You know, it's the kind of thing where, like I said, they tried to control things at least by not having trans people who might have different biological things going on. Because right. if they're actually transitioning, not that trans people are biologically different, it's more that if they were having hormone therapy or had undergone corrective surgery... To, that right. these things yeah. might skew the Their biological, biological numbers. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, surgery is stressful, so maybe cortisol would be high. Plus, they're on... If you are either transitioning or post-operative, you are still on those hormones, which will be probably skewing... Yeah, exactly. Which mm. I can understand, I kind of understand that, but it's such a tiny little sample that it's like you really can't conclude anything from this. Yeah. Because they also said that they had, um, it, they had the stereotypically low numbers of, because in general, um, in the population, there's more likely to have bisexual women than lesbian women, and they're more likely to have gay men than bisexual men. So they had a lot more bisexual women and gay men in their samples than anything else. So it's it's really hard to actually conclude anything because one of these um, sentences on here said that apparently, um, what was it, lesbian women are more stressed than their heterosexual counterparts. And that just kind of, you know, crosses the streams of logic there that then you can't say that people who are homosexual are less stressed than heterosexuals if you get the completely opposite because you have tiny little numbers and there's a whole lot of statistical noise going on yeah it's very very small but it's a small study it's a flawed study as far as we can tell there's there's just not enough information to really draw any conclusion from it i mean you it just it just reminds me of some of these uh, homeopathic things, or even the Wakefield studies, where a very small sample group yeah. and suddenly and when you, you're talking, you drew this yeah. grand conclusion. Yeah, when you're talking, you know, eleven, fifty, a hundred, but you're trying to generate an entire population worth of data. Yeah. You simply can't do it yeah. with less than a hundred. Yeah. So you've got less than 100 people plus you got people who are willing to, even if they weren't fully out to everybody, so they could get the out versus not out comparison. You got people who are willing to come out and participate in a study, which you've got people who are coming out to say, okay, I'll talk to you about this mm-hmm. and take these surveys are probably more likely to be kind of evened out and with it enough to leave the house compared to someone who is so depressed and anxiety-ridden because of how society treats them or how their family treats them or how the media think, treats yeah. them. They never made it out anyway, so it's a very ultra-self-selected sample. Yeah. 
I, I can agree with some of the conclusions that, you know, they said, well, maybe they're less anxious and have less stress because when you have to go through something like coming out, you kind of grow a thick skin, which kind of makes, you know, mm. um, I mean, we can an- draw anecdotal sense, but yeah, it, there's but, no data here. Yeah, not not really. I mean, there's any number of reasons why someone may be less stressed than another person. Maybe one person's in a good relationship and another person isn't. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one person makes one hundred and forty thousand dollars and they live in a one bedroom apartment that only requires one hundred and ten dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you there's know? right. There's more to it than just just cortisol. your sexuality. <laughs> there is economic status. There's relationship status. There are a bunch of things Social that weren't status. that were not taken into consideration. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it's 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 the 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 kind of thing where it shows that you have to focus your skeptical eye on studies, even that initially you would agree with, if yeah. it's bad science. Yeah, and this this reminds me of uh, of like a a graduate, uh, you know, like a preliminary study just to see if anything's there. Right. Do you get some broad stroke numbers? No. You, you know, the fine detail maybe you you lose a little bit more when you actually go into larger numbers. But that's the unfortunate part about our media that they'll just jump on these tiny little preliminary studies as if they're gospel. Sure. Well, it's easier. Than, yeah. Than reading the entire thing. <laughs> oh, look, the abstract says this. Boom. Headline. Great. Boom. Headline. <laughs> Not subtle at all. Boom, perfuse headline. <laughs> Boom, subtle misuse of word. <laughs> all right, so I guess uh, that leads us to our guess, our, our guess, 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 that, guess, 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 guess. Be my guess, be my guess. <laughs> I've got real banana Speaking chest. Speaking about the gays. <laughs> the it's Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts, they seem to be... Slowly opening but up. surely uh, yeah. opening up, um, where they announced Perhaps. this week that they were, quote, potentially discussing... Uh, sorry. Yeah, but how do you sound like a Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> they were potentially discussing <laughs> doing away with the national policy banning gays in scouts. Now, it's hard... It's, it's, I'm not sure if they're saying that they're going to allow scouts to be gay scouts or if it's leaders to be gay or and both. They're leaving it up to the local chapters. And I think what their plan... Well, they haven't decided yet. Right. That's the plan, you know, is to leave it up to the local chapters. And I would assume that we go both ways of, you know, <laughs> but of either gay leaders or yeah. gay scouts, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, they, the, the, the quote that went out was, uh, they would let, let each troop charter organization would be able to decide consistent with each organization's mission, principles, or religious beliefs. Yeah, I, yeah, I, because it, you notice they're not, re- they're, they're, they're allowing the gays. They still aren't allowing the atheists. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it sounds to me like they're just not. It's kind of like uh, the, the lie that Obama said. You know, we're just not going to prosecute it. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, so in other words, if if they find out, great, but they're not going to go out and advertise, hey, we're gay friendly. Yeah. Because you, know? you, you got like the Family Research Council is jumping down the oh, floor. Oh, Family yeah. Research Council, uh, National Organization for Marriage, everybody and their brother 
I'm sure Brian Fisher is going to release a statement tomorrow going, <laughs> no, right. this is why we have floods and earthquakes. And it's because the, boys- the Pope's dove was attacked <laughs> by a seagull. A gay seagull. A gay <laughs> communist seagull. seagull. Atheist seagull. A gay communist atheist, atheist seagull, seagull with a, with trying to take your guns away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Because Jesus wants you to have guns. Hell yes. He said it in the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> he said, lock and load, baby. <laughs> you got to think that the the fact that the scouts essentially leaked this meant that they're going to go in this way anyway. It, to soften the blow of, you know, maybe maybe we're going to talk about this, but yeah, we're going to well, do it Well, anyway. I mean, they've come under so much fire, especially with the... Come under fire. and. Especially with, like, Eagle Scouts who have returned their Eagle Scout Award and, and all of this jazz. They they really have. They've, it's been, once again, another political shitstorm. Yeah. And, honestly, they can't afford... They've already got a bad enough reputation. Yeah. I, I, they, they have to do something to kind of rehabilitate themselves and this and this isn't really doing much of anything because i'm pretty sure that there were scout groups out there already who were all like yeah we know he's gay he doesn't talk about it we don't ask and why why would it why would it even matter yeah why 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 would it even uh it has no difference on whether or not you can use a compass or not whether who who you are attracted to yeah okay maybe they tie more knots than the other boys you could make some pitching tent (laughs) jokes maybe but it has nothing to do with camping itself or not well you know according to people like brian fisher and american families and all of that jazz you know it's you know, we have to get them while they're young and all of these ideas about that's why they the, the gays want to be in the Boy Scouts. No, they want to be around kids to help them grow up and become the people that they are destined to be. A lot Not, of it is about leadership training as opposed to yeah, you following know, through on tasks, it, learning skills. It's it's like the, 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 the family research council type people are expecting once you openly allow gay people to be in the scouts, all of a sudden, all gay, all scout meetings are going to be huge gay orgies. Well, I mean, but that's yeah. that's the that's the idea that they have. Generally speaking, is that that you can be turned gay. Yeah. Which it, you know, you can't. You have to go up to them individually and say, okay, so are you so insecure in your sexuality that meeting a gay person or having someone say that they are gay, that if they tried to turn you, you'd be like, yeah, okay. I mean, seriously, really? Because that's <laughs> never happened to me, and I've been around a lot of gay people. Yeah, it, 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 they don't they don't do it. Well, that's not quite true. They they I have been made fun of. You know, why, why aren't you gay? I'm like, because I'm not. Yes, <laughs> and it's also because it is, and it's a fun thing with that with yeah, yeah, yeah. your gay friends. Yeah. It's not they're not serious about it, but the but really also, people are. The yeah. Boy Scouts are this paramilitary organization <laughs> that. A lot of young men who grow up through scouting, especially you go into the Eagle Scouts, go into the military and everything else. And what they saw was all of a sudden, you know, the military went, it's okay to be gay. It's okay to talk about it. In fact, the Fort Bragg spouse of the year is a gay wife. Awesome. Yay. You know, 
all of a sudden everybody's expecting the army, you know, instead of wearing fatigues, they're going to be matching little outfits. It's going to be pink with, camouflage. Exactly. That's not what has happened. Yeah. And I think... And what, the food hasn't gotten any better either. But what I think they were hoping <laughs> on is, you know, we can hold on to this one little segment. We can grow, you know, teach them. They're going to become the military leaders. You know, it... Maybe in 20 years, we can get the reversal of don't ask, don't tell reversed again. This last bastion of bigotry to kind of foster that those thoughts of gays are different, gays are bad. So that thoughts, those thoughts continue on into yep. adulthood in other leadership positions where yep. people have big guns. Right. And in the American, you know, not family that, network and... Nom and all of that jazz do not want to admit that they are on the losing side of history yeah. right now. And you, you touched on something Sucks earlier that is actually pretty – it does make sense. Some of the conservative bloggers are really kind of uh, jumping on this like a straw man. Um, I don't know if that's a, a gay, gay metaphor or not, or not. But I don't you, know, but she was said, touching on it. <laughs> said that they, <laughs> they, they can't afford to continue to be this bigoted. A lot of the conservative bloggers are like, oh, it's all just about money because all the pressure of the LGBT celebrities or something are putting on it. And it's just the the people and scouts are bowing down to the the pressures of finances. So it's it's all about money. Like the conservative people don't. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So there's no acknowledgement about the fact that this is really about fairness, about kids getting to – take part in a rite of passage because we don't have a lot of non-religious rites of passage with boys. Boy Scouts can be a kind of a good thing. It is. I mean, they, they have And it's about goals. fairness of participation, yeah. not about indoctrination. Well, supposed to be anyway. Supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in the Boy Scouts for about two years, and I left the Boy Scouts not because I was an atheist, because I would not say under God when we were all saying the pledge. Mm. I would just drop out for a second and maybe people noticed, maybe people didn't. It didn't matter that I didn't believe in God. I left Boy Scouts because um, there was a club at the YMCA that was co-ed. They had girls there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go to that club instead. Right. Yeah. I left I left the uh, the, the Cub Scouts, and uh, I was going to be a, a Weebelow, but they had a soccer game that night. And I was like, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, with 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 ranks like we blow, you'd think they would be better with the gay. Uh, probably didn't occur to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know it's a, con- a contraction for we be loyal scouts. But oh, is it? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> That's why you didn't get your we blow badge. <laughs> well, it was a scarf. Funny enough. <laughs> 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 well, it was, a, it was a different scarf, but it was also you. You had you completed the diamond pattern of the different badges because there was like wolf and oh, bear. I don't, I don't remember. And I had fun when when I was in the scouts, and it's fun that every could every. It's fun that every kid should be allowed to have whether they're gay, whether they're trans, whether they're atheist, Hindu, whatever. You, you could have just left it that every could should have. <laughs> I know I could, but I was trying to emphasize the fact that now that we're working on progress of getting toleration for gays in the Boy Scouts, we should work on them about atheists. Well, it's probably also Every going to... Every kid should have. 
a kid is not any less of a kid because of anything, any other reason. Right, but it's just a list of the disenfranchised at this okay. moment. There we go. Thank you. Plus, with the backlash coming to the Boy Scouts about their discriminatory practices and getting a lot of, let's say, free rides out of the government. Yeah. Um, this might I'll also be are. a way for them to kind of go, oh, look, see, we're not discriminatory. Look, we're good. Give us back the place for a buck. Right. <laughs> you know. Sure. It, again, it's all about money, right? Yeah. Follow I, the money. Yeah. But hopefully that financial pressure will lead to honest, actual change when they have to include gays, that they'll say, you know what? It's not so bad. Kind of like soldiers right now, now that Don't Ask, Don't Tell doesn't exist anymore, are saying, you know what? It's not that bad. Or like soldiers will say when women are officially at the front lines, even though they've unofficially been on the front lines for the last 10, 15 years, to say, you know what? They're around. They're involved. They're just as good as anybody else. Eh, it's not actually so bad. So it's yep. it's baby steps in the right direction. Yep. Kind of like an argument I had with some friends on Facebook about the female assistants of Doctor Who back in the 1970s that he said none of them were strong women, but it was like, well, Romana and Leela and Sarah Jane Smith, they were kind of becoming more strong. They weren't just, you know, trip over a rock and go scream and go, ah! <laughs> so there's progress. All right. It's a perfect metaphor. Sure. I'm lost yes. now. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about lost. I'm talking about Doctor Who. I never saw lost. Who? No. Doctor Who. Huh. No, don't know. Second base. Yeah. Really? Did you get that in the Boy Scouts? <laughs> <laughs> no, in the YMCA club. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the truth is revealed, folks. Well, on that note, I'm going to thank you all for joining us this week again. We're not going to do a lightning round, are we? No, um, it it was just a tough week at work, and I didn't have the time to put it all together. Mm. Plus, I thought we'd play it easy on Donna. She just got back from being sick. Let's give her a week to recover. Thank you. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, pretty lame. But okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> Of course it's lame. Have, we've been doing this for two, almost two years. Almost two years. Yeah. 95. We're yes. 95 years old now. I Get never... off my lawn. <laughs> we're we're going to hopefully try to do something like a live show for episode 100. Yeah. So we'll we'll po probably post that information to our either, Facebook page. Either episode or... 100 or our, uh, our two-year anniversary. But we'll decide soon. Yeah. Yes. We'll know. Yeah, we've, we've got five weeks for the 100th, so... Which means we'll probably decide that week. <laughs> hey, let's do a live show. Come on over. Woo. <laughs> anyway, so thank you for joining us, uh, Greg Perrine and, and Donna Swafford and, and Gary Lawn. Gary Lawn. And we will, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to try something. Hey, if you like the show, uh, leave some feedback on like iTunes or send us email. Yeah. Or post it's, stories that you might find interesting for us to talk about on our Facebook, on our Facebook page. Facebook, yeah. Um, or uh, uh, tweet at us. Yep. Skeptic Wire. Or is it The Skeptic Wire? The Skeptic Wire on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway. All right. See you guys. Talk to you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Leave feedback. 
SkepticWire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Should I do it in a southern accent? Yeah, of course. Okay. Go right ahead. Yeah, let's piss people off. The true scam. No, oh, that was bad. <laughs> oh, did you, were you talking about tramp stamps? What? <laughs> Annoyance. A-N-N-O-Yance. <laughs> That's Y-N-T-S. Perfusion. P-E-R. Fusion. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's per fusion. One perfusion, two perfusion, three perfusion, five perfusion, six perfusion, one perfusion, two perfusion, red perfusion, blue perfusion. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. What we're talking about? Where are we going with this? And I have not had any of that cough syrup today. (laughs) Well, we can forgive you, Donna, because you're sick. (laughs) What's Gary's excuse then? He's sick in the head. Yes, I'm sick. Just in the everyday kind of way. And speaking of someone who got sick. (laughs) Perfusion. (laughs) Damn it. Future Zane. (laughs) Gotta pee. (laughs) Gotta pee. Hey, it's the 40th anniversary of Cabaret.